everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and it is that time of the year once again. That's right, the infamous and famous anime episode. Uh, I know we mentioned anime a little bit here and there throughout Comics and Cinema, but every year we like to sit down and talk about all of the anime we've watched and sometimes not watched. Uh, and in order to do so, I have to have on the only person I trust with any anime, any anime recommendations, the anime king himself, my cousin, Cameron Klein. Cam, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me back after uh, whittling you down and begging and pleading to have me back on the show. You finally uh, relented and let me back in here. So I'm glad to uh, finally have an outlet to discuss my obsession with you and anybody else who uh gives a damn so i'm happy yeah. to be back great yeah it's just a, a good lesson that persistence sometimes does pay off so um yeah ab absolutely happy to have you here uh we've got quite quite the docket on this episode so we're gonna be talking about a couple things listeners uh we're gonna go over a little bit of anime education uh by our uh, our host uh, with the most, I guess you could say, Mr. Cameron Klein. I was uh, Cam. I was talking with you before we recorded. Uh, I feel like this is the only episode the entire year where I get to almost take a backseat and become that backseat driver while I let my guest be the host. Because again, when it comes to anime, no one can compare, and so it would be foolish of me to try as I guide this conversation. So I'm, I'm just hoping we can get the most out of you while we have you. After we do that, uh, we're gonna talk about the year in review with some bits like what makes a good anime or show uh, along with our recommendations from this year, both shows that we watched this year and shows that came out this year. And then we'll wrap up with some talk about anime in, in 2022. So Cam, uh, let's get started in this anime education piece. What, uh, what have you got for us, Professor? So um, just kind of wanted to start it off by because uh, some of the terms I, I will use to either maybe describe something or say in talking about a character, maybe some terms people might not know. And we kind of touched up on some of this last year when I was talking about different genres or anime. But now I wanted to talk about the most important part of anime. Not really, but uh, it's, it's identifying your favorite best girl or harem or waifu. So I might have talked about harems last year, but harem shows are basically a uh, group of girls interested in the guy. And not all animes are created equal, but all girls certainly in anime seem to follow a certain personality type. And just wanted to kind of point those out so that anybody watching can kind of have a better idea of what type of waifus you might end up falling in love with. And you know, I love my waifus from all the different videos I send you from TikTok. And I love a cute girl. So I, just yeah, I think the, to... the ultimate one of that was the, the rendition by Mariah Carey of All I Want for Christmas <laughs> is Waifu. And, and uh... it's true. It's true. I don't know if I'll ever get one, but I won't stop wishing Santa to bring me one and maybe the U.S. <laughs> government to create one. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. So just to, just to start off, these, these aren't all – I don't probably have every single one because there's a lot of subgenres of – girls in anime obviously they take on different characteristics but i'm definitely going to hit up on the on the main ones and i'll give an example of the character that kind of fits in that genre from things that i've seen you might recognize a few names maybe not but some of them i think i'll be talking about in this episode but 
we'll just start off. Um, so there's uh, the character uh, a Godere, which is, Gogo is in Japanese kind of it mean it's a term that means boisterous. So it's kind of like over the top to uh, impress your love, and this is kind of used for like comedic effect or whatever in anime to show like a over the top kind of girl trying to get the attention of their love interest. Uh, the example of this is um, kind of one that really stuck out to me this year from anime that I watched, which was uh, Toru from uh, Miss Kobayashi's uh, Dragon Maid, which title sounds crazy, but it's uh, it's definitely... I've definitely heard crazier. Yeah, exactly. But the uh, that show is also amazing, and we'll talk about that later. But um, And then here, the main the main cream of the crop uh waifu type or dairy type is the sundere every most i think everybody knows or recognizes it when they see it but it's an it's a japanese onomatopoeia for sun sun which is like to mean to like turn away from somebody in disgust so it's like a harsh personality type towards your love interest but if but uh if like any sort of attention or affection is shown towards the uh towards the character they get all embarrassed or whatever and the main one that i think of that's one of my favorites is rin Soka from uh fate stay night i was gonna say that was the one that kind of came to my head too is she's rin's very uh she's that's perfect description yeah exactly so it's it's definitely one of the most popular types of uh dares um it's not tech, not probably my favorite because the character type can get annoying if not done well but um it's definitely for comedic effect it's sometimes very funny another popular type and even a game that's that i saw like this year when i was like cruising through youtube it's a it's a yandere which refers uh it's a re- reference to the Japanese word yandaru, which means like emotionally or mentally ill. So it's basically a girl that's obsessed with their love interest and relentlessly pursues them, whether they want to or not. And so they have a very sweet outside appearance, but it, it turns very deadly when, uh, when it, anything involves their love, if anyone shows any interest or whatever like that. Uh, the main, main popular one, I don't know if they started this or this one, like, but this one's definitely the most popular for uh, this dairy type. It's, uh, you know, from Love Diary. That's another one I watched this year, but it's the classic red aura around a girl that looks insane out of her mind while she's looking at somebody. And there's a, a funny game that I saw played on, uh, I think it was a Cody Co video, actually, where he played a Yandere simulator on uh on YouTube and it was really funny to watch where you'd like have like kill people around the school that like show interest to your love. I thought that was pretty funny, but um, (laughs) yeah, definitely the psycho psycho part. Um, So there's also the dairy dairy, which is like the lovey dovey. It's my, probably my favorite. It's the most balanced of any type of waifu, but it's basically energetic, sweet, and they express their love in like a healthy way. Very nice, very bubbly and everything like that. The uh, main example I have of that is Ochako Uraka from My Hero Academia. Like, never oh, gets yeah. too jealous or anything like that. Very bubbly. Always happy to see her on the screen. No, no really uh, negative things to her. I think at all she's a great best girl for My Hero Academia, in my opinion. But everyone has has their favorite out of that show. Momo, mainly, I'm sure everyone loves. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of who another one of those. Uh, I feel like I've seen one of the the psychotic ones of like being super obsessive. They were, I think, like really small. Have, uh, really small. Maybe I, think, I don't know. I might be misremembering, but I feel like there was, was one in uh, Heaven's Feel that we watched. There was a yonder moment when Sakura was like kind of losing, like after he left the house or whatever, when she was like. Maybe I should tie him up or whatever and make sure he shouldn't, he never leaves at all. Oh, like, <laughs> maybe it's it like a that. pink, it's a pink tint that like always comes around the screen or whatever, kind of like losing your sense of reality or whatever. Yeah. With that. So it's pretty fun. I, I mean, it's definitely an interesting character that I haven't seen too many of them, but the ones that I did, it's just like, it's really cool to see it kind of play out in anime, but uh, it's really funny. Um, so yeah, and then uh, a Dondere, which uh, is basically referencing uh donmari which is meaning kind of like silent in japanese it's very shy you speak very little but you they become like very chatty around their love interest could you do you have uh, an idea in mind when i say that chatty around their love interest but very um, shy speaks very little oh yeah absolutely that would be uh hinata from exactly that's yeah, what i put down hinata Hyuga mm-hmm. from naruto yeah so very shy very very closed up until they're around their love interest and then they're chatty and everything is right with the world. Um, and then we have the kudere, which is uh, a romanization of the word cool. Uh, it's written like kuru, K-U-R-U. So they're cold and cynical outwards. Uh, like they don't care about like anything or what happens to like anybody, but they secretly deep down do. So it's kind of like the cold and Cold type, obviously. Almost uh, sounds like Sakura from Naruto. At least maybe in Shippuden yeah. to the point where, you know, she got very tough and didn't really show her emotions, but eventually started, you know, trying to get Sasuke back in Naruto too. Yeah, something like that. But, like, very... Uh, more more, more so that they don't, like, show any type. It's like, she would have moments of, like... I, ca- I kind of get what you're saying, and to most times... And that's what I mean. Most of these waifus, they definitely blend they they definitely have a painted what easel of like all different broad stroke of different types all blended into one so these are all just kind of personality types but yeah mine uh for that one would be tojo kaneko from high school dxd it's that super horny show from uh last year that i mentioned but Mm. it's uh, that i really liked but because it's got pretty good action and it's actually got some story to it so I like I definitely like that one. And then um I mainly wanted to mention this one that I saw that's kind of funny. Those other ones that I mentioned are pretty much like the solid ones. There's definitely archetype far subgenres of each. So um of those, the Sado Dere, it's uh Sado, it takes the Sado from Sado masochism from mm-hmm. like America and then uses it here. So they get pleasure from putting love in tough situations, whether painful or humiliation. Mainly mentioning this for one of the animes of this year that I really love, uh, which is uh, Miss Nagatoro, and then uh, also Kurumi Takasaki from Tokisaki from uh, Data Life. So, just uh, in case I mention any uh, waifu types or say anything about the character to try and describe them, those are the kind of, especially for the for the girls, those are the types that I uh, follow. Is, and you don't need to go into detail on it, but are there similar types of archetypes for the male roles in the shows as well? Yeah, definitely. definitely. I think, no, I think they definitely do. I mean, this is mainly for, there's 
different show or like rom-coms for like the males where they show emotion and stuff like that but like for the stuff that i kind of see it's mainly i mean harems that are like around a, a dude but they're definitely for like more of the uh same sex relationship uh anime that are out there they definitely have those i know like a couple of them definitely sundere or definitely types so not as much and probably not as wide ranging but they definitely fall into certain categories yeah it's and then like i get it oh go ahead oh no no no, no. It, i mean it's just like a way to get kind of the personality type across pretty quickly and then kind of the comedy that will follow some of these character these character types for like the mainly harm shows i think but obviously other ones type of have them but like rom-coms and harems these are the tried and true method of like having certain ones mm, okay and then i guess my other question would be too for the listeners maybe not familiar with this um, I would imagine in some instances of something like that was made in American cinema, whether that was an animated show or not, there'd probably be a lot of people up in arms about how the female characters are portrayed in the shows. And I'm just curious, have you done any research or do you know anything about why it is that way, both on like, why do they make them that way? Like clearly no one's really complaining, but at the same time, yeah. is, it, is it because the genre itself is mostly male watching it? Because I feel like a lot of, a lot of female, a lot of women love anime as well. And so I, I would wonder if they would be getting tired of seeing those same kind of, you know, the, the women are always fawning over the men sort of thing, or do they prefer a different type of show where they're acting in a different way sort of thing? um like are you talking about for a female viewer viewing a show i mean female probably... or just just in general yeah i mean like is is the typical anime uh watcher going to be male and that's why these shows kind of skew i mean there's more definitely towards female, that fantasy? there's definitely female watchers for sure in terms of like uh ones where there's like many guys uh there's another there's one probably this year that i watched where they do fall into these personality types but i think mainly these like came around based on people's like preferences and types of characters that they like to root for, especially for rom-coms mm. and uh, like harem style animes, everyone's got a bit favorite kind of best girl that they like to root for. So that's, yeah, that's why a good point. I, I guess that they've kind of separated into these types of genres to can't uh, pander to those t- their audience that like likes those type of characters, but it's mm. they're definitely within like any, uh i can't remember what the term and it might be seen senin or it's a different or show i think it's shoujo shoujo type of uh show where uh the the viewer is targeted at a female they definitely have characters that kind of fall into these roles i don't maybe not yandere but i'm not sure Mm, okay yeah because i just it's curious because i just feel like you know there's there's so much that these shows get away with in that sense both you know being very risque and all this and i wonder if the uh i don't even know what you would call but the people who kind of review and approve that sort of stuff again i feel like that would not fly in america but for some reason in japan it's a little more acceptable yeah and that's probably another thing i was going to bring up later due to like a couple shows it's just like the different types of culture like for nudity or like uh, partial nudity i think in anime a lot of it is for comedic effect than anything else maybe that's why they get away with a different type of cultures uh idea of comedy and stuff like that obviously there's um they do it for what they call fan service or whatever like beach episodes or uh stuff like that to really show off their characters and but i think a lot of it which i think probably gets missed by most people is 
a lot of it is for comedic effect, like the nudity part. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So next up I see on here, we've got, uh, you'd said manga and why titles are getting so long. And uh, first thing that comes to my mind is one piece. Uh, and I know Shippuden is probably up there as well. And I know there's probably a ton of other mm. shows that have a lot of seasons as well, but um, you want to dive into that? Okay. So kind of, I like the way that you thought this was written, but it's, basically the title name why are the names getting so long obviously yes that's crazy the episode length but as i've given i really took a heavy dive into manga this year um i started off super strong on shows uh with like hitting close to i can't remember where i was at the beginning of the year but i had a lot of downtime at work so i was able to watch a lot of shows but um as time got more crunched i really started diving into more manga because it's easier to sit there and flip through some pages and then pick it back up compared to like pressing and stopping and start on a video uh and manga the thing that i really loved about it is it gives uh life after death for some animes because a lot of them some rom-coms some others uh mainly rom-coms the ones that i like to that i've really taken a liking to but maybe not have gotten a season or anything like that they have a full ending in like manga. So if I'm like, oh man, that sucks. I couldn't even see how the show comes out. I go over to the manga and they've got 300 chapters or something written. So I'm like, oh shoot, I can finish this whole thing or whatever and figure out what happened. And I, and that just did, dived into picking up more and more, finding more titles that I was interested in. I like have really loved the, and finding obviously an app that I can watch or that I can read these things on, but Manga has definitely been fun, a fun new experience that I've picked up and getting to finally be a part of the experience of being happy when you find out that a certain manga that you've read is finally getting an anime adaptation and then kind of comparing it to what the like how the anime turns out compared to the manga because I mean we do that kind of in America where we like for the Harry Potter books, Oh, they didn't put this in here. Oh, they didn't put that in there. It's kind of interesting to see oh, um, yeah, how yeah. much is true to life of like with the manga and what they decided to keep in and not. So that's been fun. But mainly the thing is, and we'll play a little game here. Why the titles are getting so long. I don't know if you've cruised through the queue or anything that's in um, my Crunchyroll account or maybe my Funimation account, but some of the titles get pretty funny. So here's what we'll do. Can you give me probably a, a, either a movie or a show that I haven't seen, and I'll try and guess what the show or movie w- was about? Oh, like that uh, you watched this year? Any, oh, sure, any sure, show sure. That I haven't seen. Yeah, I can uh, give me a second, and I'll be able to tell you exactly. I I know for a fact I've got a couple that you have not seen. Uh, I was gonna say Yellowstone, but I know Brittany. Yeah, is, I, uh, I know. She, yeah. Okay, I, have you seen Midnight Mass? Um, I have seen a little bit of it. Okay, what about? But basically, uh, from yeah. the guess of it, I would guess it's some, uh, something about a priest or like a Catholic, probably a religious like show. That's what I would guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that wrong? No, no, that's right. Is that the? <laughs> okay, so now I'll go. I'll give you. I'll give you a <laughs> title, and you tell me what you think it's about. Okay. Okay. Suppose a kid from the last dungeon boonies moved to a starter town. What do you think that's about? um i don't i mean just taking a swing at it it's about a kid from the dungeon boonies going to a starter town and uh, i can only assume that means someone from the country maybe moving to the city and having to kind of relocate okay pretty good 
All right, give me another one. Okay. Uh, well, I was about to say Outer Banks, but I know you've seen that. Oh, uh, Reservation Dogs. Reservoir Dogs or Reservation Dogs? No, Reservation, oh, reservation Dogs. dogs. Um, I th- I've seen commercials of it, which sucks kind of for some of this or whatever. But um, I, it's probably something to do with Indian Americans or something like that, I believe. Um, roughing Around? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's a yeah. There's some kids on a, on a is it, reservation. Is that a comedy or what? It is. It that? is. Yeah. Okay. It's Taika Waititi. Isn't it on Hulu or something? It like is. That? Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that, but I thought is it is it good? Should I watch it? Yeah, it was really good. I would recommend. Okay. It. All right. Now I I'll go. Okay. Banished from the hero's party, I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. Wow. That it sounds like a show about a group of people who were. I don't know, fighting goblins or demons or something, and the guy gets banished and has to live in the country alone. Yeah, spot on. All right, give me another one. Okay. Uh, dang, how about uh, Year of the Rabbit? Oh, geez. Um, something to do with the Chinese Zodiac or something like that? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any idea. I haven't seen it. All I, I have it on my watch list because Matt Berry's in it. So uh, I'm not sure. It says detective. A detect. <laughs> it's about a detective in the Victorian era, and obviously it's Matt Berry. So you'll know that it's going to be good. <laughs> we do love Matt Berry. Okay, and I'll, this will be the last one. Okay. Uh, life, life with an ordinary guy who gets reincarnated into a total fantasy knockout. <laughs> oh, you're gonna that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Yeah, uh, I have that on here too. You do? I okay, just, yeah. That yeah. one seems very self self uh, evident, I guess you could yeah. say. Okay. So this is the point kind of what I'm trying to make is with the with like American titles and stuff like that, uh, unless you watch a trailer or something like that, or maybe you know something from behind, you kind of don't know what the movie is. With this huge saturated market in manga and anime or whatever, to pick pick up a book and figure out. I'm okay. I'm gonna have to pick up a book, read the inside cover, ring it, read a long inside page of what this book is about. What sets these kind of apart is it gives you it right from the title. And if you're interested, you kind of dive in. So it's like a quick way to kind of figure out, okay, this is something I might be interested. In. Wow, this kind of sounds ridiculous. It's kind of it sounds like I maybe would want to pick it up or read it. So it's just like a quick way to get to the point to let you know what what the anime or manga is about which i found interesting business strategy yeah exactly because i mean there's probably over 50 anime that release like the it's ridiculous when i kind of look back at it i only see every every so often i kind of pick the ones that look interesting on crunchyroll but when i like kind of look back at to see how many are released every year it's a huge list it's like they the way that they pump and that's kind of a vindicative about this kind of market and kind of like the animators how hard pressed they are and then like shows that don't do well they kind of get put on the outs uh the market is super like saturated with tons of ideas tons of manga and different stuff but they keep pumping content out still regardless so it's like kind of a way to set apart to figure out kind of what like yourself into yeah exactly well yeah I, some of it ends up being quality and quantity and you figured it out through it but yeah so i just thought it was interesting because i kind of started seeing those shows this year and i was like what the hell is going on here 
And then I kind of took a deeper dive into it. I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'd be curious if, you know, 20 years from now, we look back at this and laugh because the American television landscape goes the same way. Just because it seems like every week Netflix comes out with like two new shows, but then you've got Hulu and HBO and Apple and Paramount and Peacock. And so eventually I'd be curious if they decide to go that route. Because it's just, I don't know, I feel like you're sacrificing the uh kind of creativity in the title Mm -hmm. because that's such a big thing but at the same time you are differentiating yourself or giving your you know those people the casual viewers a glimpse at what the show could be so that's it's very interesting it's a bold strategy cotton we'll see if it pays off oh yeah exactly nice so and now that we've talked a little bit about shows i kind of since I took in the wheel kind of for mo- most of these episodes, I want, I did want to <laughs> extend a branch here and Ooh. give you a, an opportunity to talk about, uh, cause we've kind of talked about ratings this year when I've, I've asked the group a couple of times, like does something that happened in a show or something like dock your rating of it. But I kind of wanted to know what your, if you have a certain criteria when you are like rating like a movie you've watched or a show you've watched do you pick it apart like by category and if it hits these these marks it it gets a point or if you compare that title to another title of the same type of genre or that's similar and that you give it a good grade or what do you like how do you what's your process what's your yeah yeah that's and that's a great question because i feel like i've I've mentioned it a little bit but i haven't really dove into it and so i I know i've said before what my rating system is and i think stevie and i kind of use the same rating system which is like a 10 is a masterpiece it's it's perfect in every way there may be there's two different versions of a 10 i'd say there's like the current day 10 which is like you can't argue with this this is a a 10 out of 10 but then there's there's the olden day 10 too which is like something maybe that i watched as a kid where Mm -hmm. yeah maybe there's a little bit off about it but it's like it's such a powerful movie that i i give it that 10 Uh, a nine is i classify as like incredible and that's something where it's not quite a 10. There may be one thing about the movie that just didn't sit right with me, or maybe there was something in it that was cringy. Uh, and so usually the, cr- the cringe moments are what help me differentiate the ratings because, you know, some movies are a perfect example of this is I recently like watched Guardians of the Galaxy. And oh. there's some moments of cringe in that movie where people just say the things a certain way, or there's a really funny moment like when Nebula is is speaking and she sa- like she sounds like she's really over overacting. And so, like for example, I rated it as a nine at the time, but I bumped it down to an eight, which isn't oh. bad. But I did so just because, again, comparing it to some other Marvel films that are nines, there's not as much cringe in those movies as this one. An eight is great. So like that's the kind of movie or show where I love it. It's a blast. Yeah, it's not like, you know, something that's maybe as an Oscar worthy or something like that, where it is very prestigious, but it's something that I could watch over and over and I would be fine with it. Uh, a seven is good. That The difference between a seven and eight being, uh, I used to say, what was it? Uh, I, I won't go watching a seven again. Like I won't go out mm. of my way to watch a seven, but if someone was like, Hey, do you want to watch this? I'd be like, Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Like that's a good movie. Whereas an eight, I would go out of my way to rewatch it. And then a nine is something that I'm actively thinking about. A 10 is something that I usually can't get off my brain. So um, little bits and pieces like that. Honestly, I hate doing ratings for that very reason because it is so subjective, yeah. but the, it, it usually is like little moments within a movie that end up making or breaking it mm-hmm. or show. 
That's surprising. I love yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm surprising that. Oh yeah, no, no, and see that's and and that's the thing in terms of bumping it. Like it makes yeah. me feel bad that I'm doing so, but when I'm comparing it to other things, it's like an eight still isn't bad. Like it's not like the grading scale of giving. It's not like it's getting an eighty. It's just. So basically if you're a movie you you want to be a seven or higher yeah like another movie that you watched recently or just your previous viewing of it uh my previous viewings of it but then i'll also if it like for marvel movies i try to then rank them and so i'll see if it like if it bumped up or down in the ranking sort of thing so and honestly the way that it looked it's like basically a nine to like an 8.8 but it but that puts it in an eight okay so you don't have like a sub like as you're watching it i mean you probably think about it back like after you've done it in terms of like maybe characters or like sound of the movie or anything like that or is it just oh yeah like, yeah kind I of mean, a gut like, feeling from like the get-go and be like it comes is- it's a gut feeling that's based off of so many different things you've got the way who who are the actors in the movie because there's certain people that i love seeing there's other people that i don't that actually affects it the score the soundtrack, both being mm-hmm. two different things. Um, okay. The uh, I'm trying to think of what it would be like the writing of the movie. So the way, like the story itself, trippier movies like Interstellar, that's an instant ten. Whereas an Ad Astra, I think I have as a nine. And the I'm trying to remember what the the difference between that because like those are two movies I would say is pretty comparable. And I think mm-hmm. that's just because Ad Astra is a little different, I guess. Trying to think of what would be a good example of comparing them, but yeah, a lot of it is kind of a gut feeling, and I'll I hate when I do it, but I'll think about it when I'm watching the movie for the first time. There'll be like a moment where I'm like, "Oh, this is easily a nine. and then I have that thought hanging in my head the rest of the movie, going, "Is it still a nine? Is it maybe an eight? <laughs> and then, oh, maybe it's a ten. But uh, I, if any movie that I want to give a ten to, I have to watch more than once because I just I can't give a ten in good conscience to something I only see one time. Okay. Yeah. I guess for me, for like when I'm like kind of rating an anime, it is a gut feeling, but there's like kind of five or like for me, it kind of depends on a bunch of different things. But for me, it kind of separates itself into like five for me, I guess, five different categories, sometimes more. I mean, mainly it's in the name animation. What is the animation type? Yep. How like the quality of it? Is it unique if it's different? Because kind of some animes are kind of drawn in the same way. Obviously, different people have different artistic takes on how they should draw but there's kind of not a cookie cutter way but how you expect an anime to look the ones that look different is it unique and does it make it the show and more enjoyable which some one i'll talk about later um in the show is definitely fits into that unique category um that's the main one sound design obviously is a huge thing that goes from the uh oh the op the opening like production of the thing like demon slayer that op you never want to, for me if you never want to skip the fur the soundtrack of or the opening music sorry uh <laughs> opening, opening music i think that like tells all you need to know it kind of sets the tone for the show like this yeah. is what you're getting into then sets the whole mood the the design within the show how the action sequences are done the clanging of like either swords the yep. music used to highlight different moments that's a huge thing uh that can i think sometimes makes or breaks the show and for me like breaks the show if it's going to be in that eight nine ten category or mm-hmm. like kind of dividing them into that um and the third one for me it's in depth of character there's some with the huge amount of anime there it are all the time and the amount i'm consuming 
you kind of get a lot of the same type of character types, but the voice, and this kind of goes into voice acting the character as well, setting it apart, giving it a certain feel. When you hear it, you kind of feel a different range of emotions and that these characters like actually have a unique personality type or that they give life to the character. I think if, especially for some rom-coms, they fall into like kind of the same category. You don't feel like this character is, like anything new or special that you've seen and you're kind of dull or bored with it. So I think like the characters can make or break if they're unique, have a cool, they give like a good amount of time to develop their backstory or anything like that. That's, that's what I enjoy. Um, for me, another one is watchability. And that just means, am I able to, put, for me, this specifically means, am I able to put this down? Do I, am I able to take a break from it? So if I am really enjoying anime, I will stay up till 4 a.m. in the morning watching this till I have to go to work or something like that. Because if I'm super enjoying a show, I would not, I won't, I won't want to, which is crazy. I won't want a game. I won't want to do anything else except watch this anime until I see it finished. So it's kind of hard with obviously bigger shows that you try and do it with, but I think the whole, uh, how much you want to consume it and kind of addi- or, or like addicted to finishing and figuring it out kind of speaks kind of to the story. You don't want to let go of the characters and continue to see what happens. Um, and then for me, is it, have I been moved by the show? Have I been, have I had a moment of, of happiness well up in my chest and my, have I yep. started bawling or crying or anything like that? I think if it's able to like move me in some sort of way, I think, it already makes it a great anime because it's especially with in the medium of animation, it's kind of easier. To, I feel sometimes to get those emotions from like live action. Cause you can see the character, like you see them raw emotions on their face. So you're kind of obviously limited in anime by the way you can draw it. They obviously do a great job with like showing tears setting the moment with like sound and whatever, but I just think with, especially in anime, you, when you feel those, those great emotions, that just shows you what great of a show it is. So those are just kind of my categories. And I don't tally up points, but as long as I hit those, I'm going to probably give it at least a seven and mm-hmm. then kind of go from there and see what, like how it all plays out. So that's just Yeah, me. I'm usually pretty kinda... generous with animes in terms of, of yeah. that. Like it doesn't take me much to like an anime when, it, especially if it's a, a one that has fights in it, just because the anime fights are always so good. Yeah, um, That's yeah. the only other criteria I would say. I know you mentioned like the sounds of the swords hitting yeah. and all of that, but I would say the the level and type of fights as well is, mm-hmm. uh, is a criteria for sure. Yeah, 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 and that and that's the interesting thing. I'd like to see you, and I kind of recommended a few. We haven't watched any. It's hard, always hard to get on and watch a show with you. You're you're a busy man. You got podcasts to do. You got TV shows. You got movies <laughs> to watch. So it's always hard to get you to watch kind of these because every we love shonen. Obviously, we love action. We love fighting or whatever. But for me, I've really fallen in love with the slice of life and rom-com genres. They're very funny. They're very enjoyable, especially after maybe watching a pretty heavy show. I need something that'll bring light my mood. And that's when slice of life, not really a whole lot going on, but still enjoyable characters. That's when I'll pop that in or a rom-com when I'm trying to see some uh, lovey-dovey because I am a sucker for romance. So yeah, you're a lover at heart. I know I am. I am. I got too big of a heart. It's my curse. Um, (laughs) So I guess we can uh, I we can start and jump into the animes that I watched this year, or do you want to maybe talk about 
anything that I recommend or do you want to tell, how about you go first? You tell me what you watched this year. Okay. See if anything lines up. Yeah, that sounds good. So the first thing I wanted to call out, it's not technically an anime, but I did watch about 30 Godzilla movies and they were all in Japanese. So, uh, I'd like to say that sort of counts. We'll call that half a point. Um, The the first one that I watched this year was Naruto Shippuden. And so you finished it this year? I I did. Yes. Yeah. That was, I busted that out uh, January and February of, of 2021. Damn. And uh, yeah, I put a lot of work into that. It uh, was phenomenal show. So good. I gave it a nine out of 10. And the reason I gave it a nine out of 10 is because it was too long. Only, only to say that, I was going the route of skipping filler episodes. And uh-huh. so the fact that I had to skip filler episodes and yeah, I could have watched them, but then I'd be having to watch 500 episodes. So yeah. there were certain moments where I would tune back in to the next episode and there'd be something where I was like, what's going on? Why? And so I guess there were pieces of that actually meant something in the filler, but that aside, it's probably one of the greatest shows that I've ever seen. And, and okay. That- so that's what I was going to ask you. Like if it, could you rate a show like an eight and still say, this is one of my favorite shows of all time, like kind of something yes, like that. Yes, or whatever. exactly. Okay. And that's so something, that's, how, that's something I suffer I, from because there's certain eights where I Naruto. want to watch an, a movie that I gave an eight more than I want to watch a movie. I gave a 10 okay. and that kind of goes back into that watchability where like, for example, I'm trying to think there's just, there's some tens where the movie's like three hours long and it's like uh-huh. I could easily put on this other movie that's only two hours long and it flies by and, and is, is fun and I'm laughing. A lot of comedies, it's hard for me to give a comedy a 10 because yeah. the jokes don't hit at certain points. But like uh-huh. MacGruber, I have MacGruber as a 10. I'll watch <laughs> really? that anytime. I have MacGruber and Nacho Libre. Those are 10 and Napoleon Dynamite. But then the okay. one that immediately comes to my head is John Cena and Blockers. Okay. Like I loved blockers and I gave that an eight and I watched, I, I went and saw the movie in theaters. I bought it when it was on Blu-ray and I've watched it a couple of times. Like that movie makes me laugh so hard. Um, but I, I can't give it any more than an eight just because there's okay. other pieces to it. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, so with, with Naruto, the kind of uh, indicators I would say for this show is, is the number one thing, which I know you love it as much as I do lore. Uh, oh, this yeah. show is just so dense with lore and it's it's a writer's dream because the ability for them to connect storylines and connect people's lives oh, yeah. through like not one, not five, not 10, probably what, 20 to 25 different characters in the show yeah. where you're learning about Sonate and, and what she did with uh, Orochimaru and, and Jiraiya and all that. And then like that's a whole backstory. And now you've got all these issue episodes where you're watching that. And then you see, you know, Jiraiya fighting and he's training Naruto. And now you're learning about Naruto's parents and how they, you know, interacted with the other people in the village. And then you learn about like Shikamaru's parents. And, and then, you know, by the end of it, when they're having the giant, uh, the, the great battle, uh, you see, you know, all of the kids fighting with their parents. Mm-hmm. And just seeing them fighting together got me emotional because I watched them grow up in Naruto <laughs> And yeah. so to see them there and to see them surpassing their limits even further, but to see their parents being proud of them and doing so, it, it just was so cool. And then the leveling up of the powers is another thing, like the fact mm-hmm. that Naruto just kept getting stronger, but you don't notice it as it's going because he's so clumsy. So like mm-hmm. when he, you know, like when, uh, um, what is it? Oh man, um, uh, Kakashi, when Kakashi mm-hmm. is training him, and, you know, having him practice doing his shadow clones by the lakeside. And, like, I feel like that took up, like, 10 episodes. 
But then by the end of it, you know, they get the phone call and they're like, hey, we need you for this fight. And then he shows up and just destroys everybody. And you remember like, oh, he's actually training really hard because obviously all his clones are learning as well. Just yeah. so many through lines and connect like the, the toads I thought were so cool. because Oh, you kind of, yeah. They're kind of played off as a joke at the very beginning. But then as the show goes on, you're like, oh, these are actually really powerful. And now he's learning siege yeah. mode. And, and you never think a toad is like a, like a strong animal or like for something. Exactly. Like, like, like that, that moment when he like, gets transported to the uh the main toad like the really old toad and he's explaining yeah. to him the stuff and you're just like oh wow like they're they're really powerful yeah my favorite badass moment and probably one of my favorite badass moments in anime is when he drops into the paint to fight pain and he's in all three toads and you oh, see yeah. him on one toad and then it's another toad and then it's all the toads and you're like holy shit things are yeah. about to go down right now that uh, that pain fight is probably one of the best moments in the show just because i feel like that that was the essence of naruto where he was so pure-hearted and he's mm -hmm. fighting someone who's so completely evil but through him being who he is he's able to actually change the villain's mind and you never see that in TV. And it was just so cool to witness that. And then he brings everybody back. And oh my gosh, it's just, and again, you get tears crying, like tears were flowing yeah. because not only that, but then you get, you know, you get Hanada coming out and, you know, she gets one smack from pain. Declaring and it's her like, love. oh no. Yeah. You just messed up. And so, yeah. like, all of it, all of that, getting to see Sakura fight the way that she fought getting to see Sasuke and Naruto team up that bit where, and I know you've sent a lot of TikToks, but when Madara comes in, in the desert and he's yeah. just laying waste to the entire <laughs> army is just so insane. And yeah. it's like, and those are just, I mean, I could keep going for an hour on the amount of amazing moments in that show, but like, it just, everything about it was so great. And it wrapped, it wrapped up. Okay. I would say, I mean, honestly, it probably ended a little abruptly because they threw in a bunch of filler episodes at the very end mm -hmm. as well. But the from the point of him, you know, going full Sage Six Paths and just, you know, wrecking shop, I think was probably the height at the very end. But then it kind of calmed mm -hmm. down when he was getting ready to get married and all of that stuff. But yeah, yeah, that show just that was one of those ones where, you know, I knew you had told me that it was amazing. You and I had watched some of the fights prior at random moments. And so finally getting to sit down and watch it just felt like it felt like my duty. It was like I was finally fulfilling this promise that it ended up paying off. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, the depth of characters in that show, I think, really sets it apart in terms of, well, because you get so many episodes to see how these characters grow mm -hmm. up. And then the lore, whether it be... Oh, and how Shots about Sasuke and his brother? Oh, yeah, that's like I completely it, forgot that's about that. And that's like one of yeah. the best parts of the entire series oh, yeah. that the whole lead up too. because, again, you'd kind of showed me in an advance book every time that you'd see him hit his head and say, you know, we'll talk later or whatever. And, and it was just oh, like a yeah, little tapping of his head. Or yep, whatever. Yep, yeah, all that every, you know, because they and that was the other thing I, I liked at some points, but then didn't like was they did a lot of flashbacks of the uh -huh. same stuff over and over, but they really hammer yeah. it home. Cause when those big moments come, you'll, you know what moment they're talking yeah. about. Cause you've seen and it recognize the importance of it. Yeah. Yep. Definitely an all time. Great for me. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just obviously the length is kind of rough in it, but I mean, what a journey. I mean, it is a journey going on that, watching that. I can imagine the people that have watched one piece, it's a giant 
podcast journey as well. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely one. It's one I'm glad I took. It was an amazing show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got on here Demon Slayer Mugen Train uh, as an okay. anime as well. We watched that as a movie. Uh, I gave that a, a little bit lower of a rating than I wanted to. And I think we talked mm-hmm. about that. Part of that was probably because I needed to rewatch the first season because uh, okay. there was just some pieces of it maybe that I didn't understand correctly because that like reading reviews afterwards and reading like little story recaps, I was like, did I miss something? Because all of these people made it sound like it was such an emotional roller coaster. And I yeah. just didn't feel that when I was watching it. And I think it was because I had we because remember we were rewatching it with Stevie and we only got like six episodes mm-hmm. in. So I yeah. imagine if I'd have watched the whole thing, it would have been a lot more emotionally impactful. Yeah, I think I appre- I appreciate it a lot because I had just I think probably right before that I had just finished the manga of it. I had oh, ripped through the okay. entire thing where it's completely done and everything like that. So I got the whole and the manga obviously has a lot more depth to it or whatever. But I thought still Mugen Train. I mean, you can't regardless of this, the emotional value didn't hit home. We can appreciate at least the animation style and how oh, I mean, the, the, the an- fights the, were there. So Naruto's animation was great. Uh, and they're they're one of those ones, especially when you get into like, you know, the Boruto fight that we love so much, like the getting to see that close up hand to hand combat. They do a good job yeah. of keeping that crisp. Uh, but yeah. Demon Slayer is even better. I think Demon Slayer is like oh, top sure. tier animation. And that's another show, too. That's affordable for you, baby. Yeah. And that's the that's kind of the same thing where you're talking about does it hit you emotionally? And it's funny because you watch that show and within the first episode, you're like, oh, yeah. oh wow. But then you're like three episodes in after he, he has his stuff at the mountain where he's getting trained. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, I just watched him do his whole training. Like you don't notice it <laughs> while you're watching it. But yeah. Then you're like, wow, OK, he just put in the work like we know that he's a hard worker, which is that's probably one of the things that draws me to anime, too, is when the, the main character is a really hard worker just because mm-hmm. there's there's that passion behind it. But yeah, that plus the the music in there, obviously, like we were talking about, the OP oh, yeah. show is, is incredible. Um, shout out to Lisa on that. Um, uh, okay. Next one I've got on here is fate stay night. So this, this was one that you had recommended and we watched the, the series. And then we watched two of the movies. We still have one movie left to go that we have not watched yet, but this Mm -hmm. was an interesting one because you had touted this one as being really great. And Mm -hmm. I think I ended up giving it an eight. Uh, but I wanted to like it way more than I did. There was a lot of slow moments in the show. Yeah. And then there was a lot of things that just didn't make sense to me. It felt like we were watching and you explained it well, and you'll probably do it again, but it just, it felt like we were watching only half of a story. And uh, I know you would kind of explain that so you can dive into it. But beyond that, I loved it. Like I loved the fights whenever they happened were really great. Uh, at some moments I felt like they ended too soon. Like they would be fighting and it would cut to mm-hmm. another slow scene but when he would say, I am the bone of my soul, it was like, <laughs> no. And then, you know, everything blows up and gets destroyed uh, was absolutely breathtaking. And then also the, the characters themselves from a video game perspective were really cool. Like I loved the spider lady. I'm trying to remember which one there, there was the lady who was blindfolded, uh, who was like a oh, spirit. But- I'm trying to, uh, yeah. I don't remember any writer or her, Tiro's yeah. like name is writer, but she obviously has, she was I mean, like, her, she's Medusa or the, like the hero that she represents. Right. Yeah. Uh, like him. And then uh, Hercules was crazy. Yeah. And uh, there was another female character as well. Not the blind. There's Cast, a blind cast. Yeah. Yeah. Casta no master. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she was great. 
obviously our main archer was great uh as was lanza and uh i'm trying to think if there are any other good ones but yeah and then the rin i loved rin she was great she was uh not super powerful but powerful enough to kind of hold her own i did not i was not a fan of the other guy but the reveal at the end kind of made it worth it but even Mm -hmm. then i was like wait what like it it seemed like it came out of left field so yeah so walk me through what what did i miss what what uh what would you like to comment on with this well, I mean, I really picked your mind over this over the, when we finally finished it, I just wanted to continue picking your mind, try and let you see my side of things why I thought it was so interesting. But it honestly, this anime, it's like kind of a, a lot of other animes in terms of the fan base of it. You either love it immediately and you're immediately hooked in on it, which you said you enjoyed it. But in terms of wanting to get really deep dive into what's going on with the show or you don't really take for it too much. We watched it with Jack, who really wasn't a huge fan. And like I said before, when I was trying to explain this to you, this is an adaptation of a, a an, an erotic visual novel from back in the from uh, back in the day. So this is like meant to be a lot of talking, a lot of story, or whatever. Which, if you, it's hard to get excited about that type of stuff in between the fights obviously when you see a fight you're like okay i want want more continue i want more of this and that's like being spoiled by shonen where it's all fighting compared to this where i feel like you get a lot of depth of character you get to kind of see the different backstories between all these heroes and what motivated them and just the uh mystery aspect because it does have a little bit of that about who Mm -hmm. is everybody what's going on with Archer, what's the deal with Saber, who's the main villain behind everything. Mm. And then, like you said, Saber. it feels like a missing part of a story because it's meant to be watched. Not, I mean, you can technically watch it multiple times, but it is one part of many of this vast un- universe of like lore which goes on to the show. It doesn't maybe have a good uh, delivery system of that. I meant, I started you off with the one that most people recommend some people recommend watching the movie which is an anime that i watched this year and after i i watched it i was like eh, maybe i should have started them on this instead of the other one but i think it's it's basically fate zero which is the war previous to this one where you get to meet uh say like saber before this and then uh kiryu i think the basically shiro's dad or adopted dad basically that saves him from the fire so it gives you a backstory the action i think is a lot more um pronounced throughout it it came out i think after the unlimited blade works so um i think it's just how you digest it i mean no fault to uh, finding any problem with the uh with the talking aspect i obviously hyped this up for some i just like took to this immediately when i watched it yeah you loved it you were like this is a 10 out of 10 yeah for me which i and i can completely understand the 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 talking aspects like i get it if you're not into a whole bunch which is obviously everyone's complaining shonen where it's like oh we're in a bit of a fight let me stop real quick and let me explain to you my whole backstory why I'm right yeah everything like that which obviously it this didn't feel like that way this. i think my yeah. problem with this was the concept of the show was not congruent with how it was executed because i loved the idea and think of think of it this way you look at it with another one we watched this year of my hero where mm-hmm. the the entire opening arc of my hero is all of the the classes fighting each other in like a round robin type of uh 
you know, I don't even know what the word is, but you know, you win, you, you proceed, you lose, you're out and then may the best team win sort of thing. And that's essentially what this is, where it was like, we, this is a battle Royale that takes place you know, it's not in a Coliseum. It takes place anywhere you want it to be, but essentially last man standing wins the grail. And so I was just under the impression that it would be nonstop fighting until the last person falls. Like this could have easily been like a 10 episode show where, mm-hmm. you know, the fighting starts and, and, you know, th- those moments where they're at home chit chatting, why aren't they going out to kill one of the other masters? Like they could have yeah. easily gone and done that, but it, it felt like they kept dragging it out. And again, maybe it was because the characters themselves were a little less experienced in that realm. Right. Cause they're, you know, they, they well, don't yeah. know war. I mean, the idea of mages is like, they're, cold and calculating in terms of like they don't maybe want to show themselves immediately like we didn't see a couple of the servants masters right away they want to be coy with how they uh operate and not like let them be shown because if your master is killed then the servant's dead and they're obvious and you mentioned ren was not entirely powerful compared to every other mage that was in this show she was the most she was the strongest mage out of any of them but Mm. when compared to a servant it, their power does not add up so right. it's so yeah i, I, I mean, she had I, some cool magic though for sure i was oh, always yeah, wondering though how many beads she had in her bag because oh, she would throw those crystals those out years. and yeah I was, she had to have been because she had so many and i was like where how do you keep getting more of these are you making them yeah. during those moments of quiet uh but yeah so that yeah good show great great show i really enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to us finishing that last movie um the next one that i do, had on do here, you like oh. before we go on do you yeah. like the the movie format of the the fate stay night comparatively i mean uh comparatively yes only okay. in the sense that i know it's over that if, I, if, if i put the two hours in it's done versus uh-huh. it taking longer to get through a show so you know in yeah. terms of sitting okay. down like we always have the opportunity to exit every 20 minutes whereas on this it's like we actually have to sit down for two hours and watch it so i like that that aspect Gotcha. All right. Um, the, the this one I'll mention, but we don't need to dive into it because I, I don't remember a lot of it. Was Yasuke on Netflix? Uh, okay, which I seen that one. the concept of it was really cool. Uh, I believe it was Lakeith Stanfield produced it and is the voice of Yasuke, who is a black samurai in like ancient feudal Japan. And the the backstory of him was really cool. Like he started out as a slave. Uh, t- he was being sold or something at the market and he ends up saving some aristocrat or something like that. And mm. they're like, Oh, you're actually like really, uh, you know, uh, you're a normal human being and we value you sort of thing. And he, but he, because he's a really good fighter. And so they like get, he, he comes and lives with them and trains and becomes the samurai. And then throughout the current day is him fighting like some monsters and he fights a war Uh, And I had it on in the background for some points of it because it did seem to drag, even though it was pretty short. Uh, But overall, it was really good. Like, I think you'd like it. What what stood out the most to me, if you're talking about things that we like, because I've ended up buying it on vinyl. The sound, the score soundtrack is by, uh, I believe it was, uh, was it Flying Lotus? Who's, Mm -hmm. uh, he does some really good uh, other hip hop stuff. And so there's, there's a lot of hip hop elements in the score. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of Japanese influence. It just is really good score. So yeah, I mean, it's only I think it's only six episodes, so it's really easy oh, to wow. get through if you wanted to check it out. But, um, but yeah, that was it was okay. Um, the other one though that we're getting to here, we'll we'll save this other one for last. But um, Star Wars Visions, Ooh. which uh, you and I talked a little bit about. I know you and I watched I think like six of the eight or nine episodes. 
Uh, But this was one where I watched each episode probably like four times. Oh, wow. uh, Just because this to me was such a cool melding of anime and Star Wars, two things that I love. Uh, Mm -hmm. But also to have different anime studios working on each of them. Because I think if I'm remembering right, the animators for the Ghost in the Ghost in a Shell, that was one of the the shows. There was one that was similar to another anime. Afro Samurai, I think the first one. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Good call. Um, but yeah, I just, I, every episode felt very different and I loved that and it was very yeah. succinct. It's only like nine episodes, uh, but that was one of the ones that I, I really loved. I think I ended up giving that a nine. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed all the episodes that you watched. I mean, I always like, I guess the most, like, what was the main criticism about this in terms of like realistic feature of it? And like, in terms of one of the episodes, they're standing outside and on top of a ship that's speeding through space oh, or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm like, this is the that's the point of anime, right? Like, exactly. Sort of, that's anime. Remove yourself from the realm of reality and imagine because any with when it comes to anime, anything's possible. You can see like literally anything come to life on the screen, and you accept it as fact in terms of the story. And so I like that idea of just some crazy crazy fights some good characters and just like well thought out interesting stories in like this star wars universe which i mean we've seen there's i guess animation not like japanese style anime yeah like you got all the animated shows stuff like that like that i think do well but this was i think probably the best i'm you've watched the what was the most recent clone war not was it clone wars or bad batch bad batch okay that or and no the one that you had me watch other episodes of not bad batch but the one previous was that clone oh wars? clone wars yeah 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 okay the so Man- it the is Mandalore episodes yeah. at the end i thought of that did Jimmy pretty Man- well yeah but obviously with like i don't know it's hard to get around the what did they even end up rating that not like like pg-13 for or what for this series did they oh even get i think it's or? i think it's probably pg oh really because okay. it has violence in it but it's not much more okay than that yeah so that i mean that's why i love animes because you can get pretty it, you can hit that those r ratings or whatever and see some pretty mm-hmm. cool stuff animated um they kind of got a, like that in star wars obviously you're kind of limited based on the audience of uh what it's who it's kind of directed to but i mean fights are still great and i, I mean Did you i love favorite it. episode i'd love that afro samurai or like the style of it that first one with the that dark samurai character and then um probably the what is it the old sith lord one i think oh no 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 the one where the uh i can't remember the titles but the one where the guy was building lightsabers yep, and then yep. did, I, I was mean, waiting somebody, for you yeah. to say it yeah, um, yeah. i think th- those are my favorites as well the the first one yeah. and then that i don't that one was called the uh I don't remember what the name of it was called. The the last uh, Jedi or something like that. Yeah, but maybe something. That, like that was the but... one that was by the uh, Ghost in the Shell animators, and yeah, oh, that one that cool. one always will stick in my head because when they were talking about, you know, oh these lightsabers will take the form of, you know, the, the their color will be indicative of who you are, and yeah. all the Jedi's grab them and turn them on, and they're all <laughs> Sith, and it was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that yeah, was that so was good, great. and she was great too when her lightsaber ended up finally turning green yeah um, but yeah yeah so there's and, and i love that you kind of had some anime feel in some of those too with that whole idea of you know you know she, he dies which is funny too because star wars in and of itself is inspired by japanese culture uh from the very beginning the the original uh-huh. star wars movie was was a lot of it was based off of kurosawa films so there's oh, okay. always been a sort of a samurai feel to it 
uh, oh, yeah, which was just sure. cool to finally see it in anime form. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one on here that I saw last year that technically we haven't finished is My Hero Academia season oh, five, yeah. I believe, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, uh, and no, no disrespect to my hero. This this season has been really great. We just have wow. not gotten a chance to sit down and watch. <laughs> Literally, guys, come on. Yeah, we've got two episodes. Hard to get that we've got to finish. Four or five guys in the in a room. I know it, it is. It's really hard. Yeah. Too busy trying to play Nightcrawlers instead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but this season was a stark improvement over the last season, and I think the last season was amazing too. Cause you get, you know, Deku going a hundred percent infinite, but then yeah. you hit that spot where it's super slow for the rest of the season until mm-hmm. the endeavor fight. Uh, but yeah. this one started off real hot with uh, like I said, the whole UA class battle, but then we finally get to see some other characters get some shine when it comes to oh, yeah. um, uh, Bakugo and Todoroki and all, you know, his whole relationship and just the fact that all three of them are training with Endeavor uh, has made been such an interesting dynamic. Like this show has done such a good job of creating lore in a sense, right? Cause we're five seasons in and they're referencing things now from prior seasons. They're calling out the fact that the kids are getting older, that they're growing up. Now they're, mm-hmm. they all have their provisional hero licenses and, you know, the public at large is starting to see characters like Deku and Bakugo on tv more and so now they're going to start having to deal with things like that but um like i said i i am a sucker my hero is probably one of my favorite animes Um, it's right up there with naruto so um i was very pleased once we finally got down to watching it yeah i agree that this last season was i think it had the action was at very high highs but you're right if you don't enjoy kind of those slow episodes like kind of slice of life feel where they're designing a uh talent show basically it's and see, i enjoyed like, that i didn't mind I did. it it's I just did that it, it, it made me wish that i was doing something else but by the end of it i mean <laughs> seeing eerie cheering and I crying wish, i liked it the but talent i wish show. i could do anything else but yeah, yeah exactly no, no eerie yeah seeing her so happy crying? at the oh, talent yeah. show made it worth it it was like oh, oh yeah you're doing this all for her yeah so great and i love that song i downloaded that song as soon as i heard it i was like i need that my soundtrack but Oh yeah, that's the other thing I was going to mention too. In terms of emotional things, is the uh, uh, they they kind they have it in that show, or no, not that portion of it. But like I also got this year, I think at the very beginning of the year, the uh, vinyl for the movie, the uh, My Hero uh, Heroes Rising, which mm-hmm. I know you and I watched this year as well. That actually that came out at the beginning of last year, so technically. That, that came out in like November of 2020 in Japan uh-huh. and then it hit theaters in like January uh, of 2021. So technically that's part of it. That movie is phenomenal. That That is a 10 out of 10. And I, when you think of combinations of all the things that we love about anime, that scene where Deku shares his power with Bakugo and the music comes in and it's the woman singing and you know it swells and he they they start fighting it just goes you you can't help but have water come out of your eyes like it's just so good oh yeah um so those were all of the anime that i watched last year and i imagine you have a a much longer list yeah i think i hit over when all said and done i think i hit over 60 that i finished last year um and a lot of those i had some a good amount of short ones i had a couple long ones in here that i'll talk about um and i'm going to just separate these into like my two favorite categories there's some overlap into like i have top action that includes any kind of shonen this includes isekai which is 
that's the type of genre where they're transported into another world or reincarnated or something like that. Any fantasy, anything with some sort of action in it, I've included in this category. And then my other top category, which is my my love of rom-coms and slice of life anime. So I'll just, I have a bunch of those and then I've got a, uh, a specialist for to perk up if you're ever feeling down. So, and then obviously I've got my 20, the ones that I've watched that were released in 2021 that, uh, that I think were the best that I've seen out of them. I didn't see all of them, obviously. It's really hard to <laughs> sit and watch everything that comes out every year, but I picked what I kind of saw out in the beginning that was that in my mind stood out or would be very good. And for that category for 2021, I do not include, I'd cl- I, in, I just include brand new ones. So like my hero season, five wouldn't be included in that like i've brand new to the market of 2021 that's what i include so i don't do any of that but okay so for top action one that uh really surprised me that jack uh put me onto it's called dr stone Mm. yeah i've heard that one yeah the idea of it is so cool i never and leave it to anime to do and this will be with a bunch of shows where they take something that wouldn't sound very interesting and they make it uh like super engaging and fun to like digest. So the idea is that it's this super smart kid from that's out of school, uh, that's super in love with science, becoming like a famous astronaut or something like that. And then some meteor, I guess, hits the earth and causes everybody to fossilize. And so when he finally comes out of that, the whole world has basically been reset to zero. So like year zero, no technology, no nothing. And he sees all these statues around that are like of his friends. And he's like, okay, I basically have to restart the world and figure out through the basic means of basic science, how to rebuild civilization and fast track it in order to save everybody. So they do a really funny job of presenting. Uh, and the cool thing was they, I saw on, I think it was either, I think it was Crunchyroll they put out this video, but somebody from Mythbusters come on and kind of watch the show and pick apart the science of it. And it's pretty spot on in terms of like how to build like a furnace and like do like melt iron or like create like batteries out of nothing. Um, so that it, the science part is so neat and interesting that I love that. Oh, nice. I really do like that show. Um, another one that I watched it's uh, rising of the shield hero. It's an isekai anime uh where a guy gets reads a book goes into another world and he's summoned as one of the four heroes in that world to kind of help save him uh it's like sword shield spear and uh bow like characters Mm -hmm. um but apparently there's some kind of setup in the beginning where the shield guy who's the who's the main character of the show gets kind of set up by the daughter of the king because they apparently hate the shield hero character he did something in the past or one of them did where mm. um where it's not revealed yet that there's supposed to be another season finally this year so that's going to be interesting to see how it goes but he basically gets betrayed he's shamed by the whole kingdom and kicked out so he's like screw this i'm going to take <laughs> take my revenge here i will like save the i will save those close to me but i want to get home so he ends up finding more characters to bring to his party uh, and they 
save the kingdom in their own way, but uh, he's basically just doesn't care about what anyone thinks because he's pissed off that he was betrayed. And uh, he gets some character growth through like the people that he meets on his journey. He saves like a little girl from a slave ring and uh, takes her in as his like companion and they grow up and they grow together to uh, take on like stronger monsters. It's just a really cool fantasy aspect and kind of a, uh, I don't know if you'd say an anti-hero, but kind of a reluctant hero that uh, is like finding his way and trying to get back home and take all these friends that he's made with him and saying, screw this to like the kingdom basically. Uh, oh so, God. which is nice fit. Um, so, and then there's uh, misfit demon Academy. This I think could be the, I don't want to say the next sequel one. to monster high. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Mis- misfit of demon, uh, demon Academy. I don't, it's, I'll pro- I guess a knockoff, but not a knockoff. It's got the same type of storytelling uh, method as One Punch Man. I'm not saying it's anything near as good as One Punch Man, but I really enjoyed this show. It's like an overpowered character. It's uh, it's super funny as well, which we love about One Punch Man. But it's basically a uh, the Demon King of long ago getting reincarnated as a baby, and it's so funny oh, no. when he when he gets. Uh, reincarnated he comes out the womb and his parents are like oh that's so cute what do we name him and he's like uh anos Voldigold or whatever he starts <laughs> talking immediately and he scares his parents and he's like obviously a genius character because he's still has all these attributes of his old world uh taking on and it's just he picks up a castle with one finger and flicks it around and he said how can you kill me when or i cannot remember the quote but it's like uh easy i i uh avoided death because i didn't want to be dead or something like that it's just like just so ridiculous about how overpowered this character is super funny moments kind of like uh one punch it's a super and they are finally getting unfortunately the author of the manga like died recently so they delayed the season uh off a bit it's supposed to come out this year i hope we get it and i don't know if it'll go on besides that or after that, but it's been an enjoyable watch. I super, I liked it a lot. Um, another one uh, would be, I mentioned Fate Zero. I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it because I talk about Fate too much. We already know that, but it's basically, <laughs> it's basically the backstory behind the Unlimited Blade Works. Uh, Shiro's dad, uh, what went on, the backstory it gives you kind of a more context of what happened in Unlimited Blade Works. What's the reason for the Holy Grail being how it is now? Like kind of or um, corrupted and stuff like that, and then why? Uh, oh my gosh, why my blanket on his name? Basically, the priest guy uh, is yeah, the way he is. Yeah, he's super super cool uh, way of introducing because his dad is like basically known as the mage killer. Like he comes into these and like is super well known for killing mages, doing whatever he needs to to do. The action's great. New set of heroes besides Saber uh, to, de- to represent different classes. Really cool how they did uh, different characters there. And I think the action is really probably a lot more faster paced compared to uh, what it is in Unlimited Blade Work. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So another one for me would be Beyond the Boundary. Now, this is a short, quick one. Thirteen, ep- I think 12 or 13 episodes hit me right away. Super, uh, super cool. The idea is that there's these... Uh, I forgot the, super, the technical name of it, but there's like these demon monsters kind of in the world. Uh, 
and there's these hunters that hunt them out. Uh, there happens to be a half demon, half uh, person in this world, and he meets this girl that tries to attack him over and over again every day. They end up developing a friendship, saying, like, I'm immortal. Are we going to continue doing this? And then so they uh, get together. He has two other friends in there that are also hero hunter or, like, demon hunters that have, like, become friends with him because they know, like, he's, like, a good, a good one because he's got, like, some, I don't know, like, he's got human in him. And then he realized, and then the girl realizes that there's others like him in the world so it kind of gives her an idea like more perspective that not everyone is pure evil all the time uh this is the one i think i sent you a video of it where it's the girl with the blood sword where she's swinging around super crazy and like cutting uh things out of it the air it's the anime for what i think this was made in 2013 for the animation style that it shows and like the design of it it is so ahead of its time kind of like you photoable with uh, unlimited blade works at the time it stands out like I'm like how does this not have more tension than it did it does have good ratings but i it's an it's definitely an enjoyable watch it definitely had a roller coaster of emotions as well what, uh, um, what was the title again beyond the boundary okay. yeah super great uh okay so another one that i'm going to include in this category that's technically labeled as a slice of life but it does have action for me is haiku again another example of how anime can make something that does not seem like it would work on uh on screen that completely works and just blows your mind away i gave this one a 10 this was one that i watched completely all the way through as soon as i watched it and it's a volleyball anime it's about a kid that wants to be on a volleyball team a super short guy and find his way in there the way that they and especially if you, because me as a former athlete, you would probably enjoy this, but especially as a team athlete or like a team sport athlete, I right. felt this was very relatable and super moving in terms of moments that you have with the team, like wanting to get better about potentially as like a senior leaving your team and not being able to play with them anymore. A bench warmer that like has, is getting a shot. It does a good way of showing all these specific sides of what makes sports so great and uh so moving as an athlete i thought it's just and the way that they animated it for volleyball for a freaking sports anime it's it's super uh eye-grabbing like i love this as soon as i saw it which i was surprised that so i'd always uh, avoided these and there's kind of another one that i watched this year that again anime makes it work that sports it's something that's great live. Like how are you going to animate that or make it like kind of like there's stakes behind it, but it does a great job of it. So, so for these next couple, uh, these kind of a type of anime that I've really not type of anime, but a story that I've really like loved like with Shonen, we have these goody goody two shoes characters that there's not like a whole they face adversity and stuff like that with like facing a villain and always coming out on top. But what I've always found interesting about characters is what's going to make them break. What makes a character maybe choose another side or compromise his Nindo, his ninja way or whatever Mm -hmm. to, uh, to do like maybe acts of like evil or, do something that maybe people around him or abandon the people around him to do or a character change in that completely shatters what their original image was. So um, future diary, which I talked about before 
um, or earlier about a girl character that's in it. The premise is super cool. I really liked it. It's uh, basically about a contest that's kind of, so there's this kid that is kind of a loner in school who's always on his phone taking notes, basically, of like what he just likes for some reason, OCD or whatever, that nobody noticed him, but he takes uh, in consideration everything around him. He has a dream the next night of like a God type character visiting him saying that he's looking for the next uh, God of time or something like that to like watch over the world and keep it in. So he's going to have a contest, basically a battle Royale of, of contestants that will compete and no hold barred killer be killed. Whoever wins gets to be the uh, God of time or like be the ruler over everything. He wakes up the next day and he his phone has already been written in it. It basically details what's happening in front of him the entire time. So the idea is it's called Future Diary because every every contestant in the in the in the tournament basically has a phone that can tell the future in different ways. So his is like the infinite detail diary where it has different details of like almost every minute or everything going on. The character that he meets that's obsessed with him, which is Yuno, the girl that I, the Yandere character, has something called the Lover Diary, which has uh, future, uh, tells the future based on him. So whatever is happening to him in 10 minute intervals, it tells what's going on. So, and then other characters have different things. The Escape Diary tells you if something's about to happen to you uh, so you can leave. So it seems overpowered. Like, you, how, we, how are you going to have a tournament based on this? Well, if something that's written in your phone changes based on what has happened or someone decides to do anything, the whole diary changes. So in these cases, oh. you can get people uh, in moments of weakness or pretend to do something, and then the diary will rewrite it. So I thought that was a good way to get around uh, Yuki's uh, infinite detail diary where he can he knows everything going on. And it's basically uh, a super... Uh, bloodbath obviously characters are dying left and right uh super big mystery twist at the end that i loved and then this character he gets put through the ringer and this girl this yandere character like i said has had so much influence on, on him has tricked him and has like kind of broken him down and made him do things that maybe he didn't want to do because he's this sweet kid that doesn't do anything by the end of it he's a completely different character and chooses to do different things which i thought oh. I, I just love the idea of like like a hero that uh, ends up, doesn't end up being or maybe chooses not to do certain things because I'm just so used to the, like Goku, Naruto, that always chooses yeah. the right thing. They might find something, but in reality, that's not what happens. If some bad crap happens to you over and over and over again, you're eventually going to break. The most sane people do eventually break. So that's why I, I like these animes, which another one is Tokyo Ghoul. So this was one that I really loved this year. I think I got Jack and Todd to watch it uh, and they loved it as well. So Tokyo Ghoul is about a, society, or a human society that lives in a world full of ghouls, which operate kind of like vampires. They kill and eat uh, people during the night or whatever. And uh, he, uh, sorry. Um, oh my gosh. What, what is his name? How am I blanking on this? Anyways, the main character uh, you have watched on, 60 shows, so I know. it's okay if you it's forget our, one All name. the names shuffled together, yeah. yes. Uh, so the main character, he goes on a date with a girl that ends up being um, a, a ghoul. So she bites him, and but somebody ends up kind of like, and 
someone causes something to fall which makes her like leave or something like that but he's basically bleeding out and dying the cops luckily find him they stitch him back together again but the problem is he's been obviously bitten by the ghoul so now he's half human and half ghoul so he's fighting with these uh urges to eat because once you become a ghoul you cannot eat human food like you're you crave like blood and human uh, human flesh basically but because he's part human he still has the I guess, conscious to not want to do it. Fast forward to a little bit later, he comes into a situation where he's being uh, tortured over and over again. And he's like trying to be, someone's trying to break him over and over again. And he's just finally like, screw it. I'm going to start. I, it's better to kill than be killed is basically what he turns his mantra into in order to save his friends. So, um, I thought that's an interesting switch. It gets obviously deeper in that. There's stuff that goes in on more on that story, but I just love the whole ghoul aspect. The fights are really great as well, but I just love the whole character dynamic, like I said, of a uh, character that might, that changes halfway through. All right. And then for the final action one, I finally did it. I broke and I watched uh, attack on Titan. I had stay, I had stayed away from it due to the fact that I had heard it was kind of like the game, a uh, game of Thrones. Uh, the characters die left and right. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get so invested in this that I'm going to be disappointed every week by a new character dying. And I still haven't watched Game of Thrones, but Attack on Titan, is uh, it holds up. It's a great it's a great show. The story, super captivating and uh, still unraveling the mystery. The new season's currently coming out now. Uh, if you want to watch the last and final season where we're trying to figure out how everything uh, goes together. But the cool aspect of these uh it's basically the story about how there's a city it starts out it's obviously bigger <laughs> as we go along but it starts with a city inside a case or a three walls and uh they have built all these walls to keep them safe from these giant creatures called titans they're man-eating they have they don't seem to have any intelligence whatsoever and then they just kill uh any human that they can uh, they've been safe for about a hundred years until sure enough, one day a Titan breaks free and then comes into one of the city's uh, outskirts and then starts running rampant. Uh, so then they get pushed into the smaller wall. And that's when we kind of, that's when the story really starts because the main characters, the three main characters, Aaron, Mikasa and uh, Armin, join the survey corps which is the um group that goes outside the walls and kind of like does what it says surveys the land tries to kill titans outside there and uh it goes from there the really cool action part of the show is the fact that these titans are so massive and then they have the only way to kill them is with these uh this equipment called maneuvering gear and the way that it's animated is really cool to see uh different uh i guess angles of them going through the air i I probably sent you a tiktok or two of the this legendary uh chase scene throughout the city with um levi which is like the captain of the survey corps or yeah or main member of it where it's like the he's diving through roofs he's like and then he's like pulling his way through things like the idea of the moving gear as like a way to combat these titans is such a cool idea and i'm glad like from 
the manga being drawn and seeing it to animation is like very uh very what is called revolutionary in terms of uh, what you can do i think with uh, an animation so so and nice. of course it's got a character that's uh starts one way and then kind of like starts feeling another way in terms of like wanting to stay everybody to be like screw everybody else i'm i would do whatever i can for my freedom outside these walls because they learn of the world they're on this island and they learn of the world uh, across the ocean he realizes that they've been placed here and he's like well why have we been placed here this is screwed up i would do anything i would kill anybody in order to have my freedom so it kind of like goes off of that and we're in this final season which has been a roller coaster as well so we are gonna yeah, people are i and i read this manga as well all the way through very cool i cannot wait to see how it ends up um so it's been definitely enjoyable you said you've wanted to watch it definitely oh yeah too at some point. that's on my list and now knowing that uh it's about to end uh has me excited because i'll just wait till it's done and watch the whole thing at once yeah it's definitely that was probably one of the longer ones that i watched this year okay been talking a while so i'm gonna cut the my rom-com section a little short or i will at least try to okay um, we'll start with one that i kind of rec- or i recommended to you earlier that i thought was really cool the idea of it's uh kaguya-sama love is war <laughs> so the funny part why i love these slice of life and rom-coms are that the the comedy factor and the characters they're so lovable and they're super funny in, in these scenes and this anime is the premise of it is kind of ridiculous these two the student council president and the vice president have an idea that they both like each other but because they're so competitive in their own rights one coming uh, the kagua coming from a prestigious family uh and then uh shiragami or something is uh like a hard worker and wants to the he's the class president and like worked his way to get there but it comes from like nothing so he doesn't want to lose i guess uh negotiation power or like the power dynamic in the role to someone uh like kagua who has gotten everything he thinks in his whole life but they've become attracted to each other so the idea of the anime is that i know we like each other but i'm going to get you to confess to me first so that i so i'm the winner basically so this whole thing is the idea of them going through ridiculous situations of uh kagua-sama (laughs) kagua ends up going because she's got giant finances to her disposal shiragami has it doesn't have a phone or a smartphone so she gets it in her mind i'm going to make it so he gets a phone and has to ask for my number and i will basically say oh what you like me or something and then get him to confess that way so she buys or she gets people to go outside of his house on his way home to like uh advertised phones or something like that and just like the absurdity of everything that goes on in the show it makes it hilarious i love this show it's and it's got i think a uh, third season coming out this year which will be great uh but yeah super enjoyable very funny and very smart the way that it's designed um we'll go with okay rascal does not dream of bunny senpai from the title of that show it sounds overtly that this is going to be a very horny show it turns out it's there's obviously moments of that, but it is a very cool uh, style of storytelling. Uh, the idea is that this uh, Sakuta is uh, in the library one day 
and he's reading a book and then he sees a girl walk by in a bunny outfit she's like bending or she's like walking over to people waving at them um doing anything she can to kind of grab anybody's attention he's noticing that nobody is like paying any attention to her so he goes up to her and kind of talks to her um and finds out that she's being forgotten by people so they can't see her anymore it's what they could or the way they describe it is adolescent syndrome or like growing up because she was like a childhood star and now is like models oh. and stuff, but not that many people know about her anymore. So they go through the idea of, or they go through the process of them getting, trying to get more people to know about her and do all this stuff. Um, and they, and then that kind of storyline ends about episode, I guess, four or whatever. He finds a way to do it. It's very heartwarming and everything like that. But this show tackles a lot of different um, ideas of quantum physics into this episode, like in time space stuff, which is so cool about like existing in two separate realities, switching bodies, um, having like a doppelganger and stuff like that. It's like very cool to see uh, kind of like a really weird mix of like kind of science and rom-com yeah. into it. So it was super enjoyable to watch. Um, we do and my my is a great waifu as well we love her um let me see and then we've got psychono how to raise a boring girlfriend this probably is my favorite uh rom-com as it stands right now uh the idea of it is that this guy wants to it's a harm style of course but it's definitely well well outside of that range in terms of doing romance well with people and uh, showing different relationships and then character depth. It's hard to kind of get that sometimes with a harm style anime. So the idea is he's a game producer and wants to make a game. He uh, meets with this girl that he knows that is a well-known author to write the story for the game. He meets with his childhood friend that is a well-known uh I think it's a hentai, hentai artist or whatever that's under a certain name. So she can draw really well. She gets, he gets this, uh, his um, cousin to do the uh, music for this game. And then it all revolves around this girl that he saw on the street one day under like this perfect settings and conditions and thinks, Oh my God, this is my heroine for this game. And then he talks to her and meets her and he's like, this girl is completely boring. This girl does not have the aspects or the inspiration I need in order to become like my, uh, my heroine for this game. So it kind of revolves around making her making this video game uh, and making her into the perfect girl. Um, Interesting. The way that it plays out, it see it. What I think is unique about it is it plays out like a uh, it's very meta as well, but it plays out like a um, like a dating simulator, like it's played out because he has these interesting moments. If you know what dating sims are, or like have an idea about them, obviously you can pick your own route or whatever with different girls. And it kind of plays out with that. He talks to the, the author and like they ha obviously have a connection to a childhood friend. That's a classic trope in anime where for love interests, it's like the girl next door type of thing the main heroine i think it's really well done i'm really surprised that uh I, this is one that i stayed up till i think 5 a.m in the morning several nights in a row to like watch this it was so fun and now for the main the main course you know them we love them 
are quintessential quintuplets. The ones that I send multiple videos of you all the time <laughs> on TikTok. We, uh, these girls, this, uh, these girls have definitely taken at least the world by storm on TikTok wise with, uh, how everyone has fallen in love with them. And this manga, I've read this one is a, is incredible. I really enjoyed it. So it's, uh, five girls, obviously quintuplets all identical or close to it in terms of, uh, the main, main guy's eyes. Uh, and they are failing miserably out of school. So they need a tutor. So he becomes their tutor. And, uh, like I said, for the Saikino and harm style animes, it's really, it's hard to kind of set yourself apart with uh, characters because some of them fall into classic tropes like Sundere and Daradere and all that fun stuff. But um, when the, what sets some apart from the others is giving them depth of character, like that they, they've got an actual story that's like they have an actual personality, like goals and dreams and stuff like that. And they do an incredible job of kind of diving into different aspects of love with every girl. Like love sometimes makes you do crazy things. Love makes you improve yourself. Love does all this stuff. So basically it revolves around his interactions with these girls one-on-one and making them all better. And they all make each other better people and everything like that. This, and it's incredibly funny. I love this anime and uh, it's definitely high on my list with, uh, with rom-com. Okay. So finally, we're going to go to show see my cure, my depression, which okay. is a special category because uh, of uh, especially when I've watched a heavy show or something like emotional, like a rom-com when my favorite girl didn't win or somewhere with my uh, a heavy duty shonen is over. These shows I think are incredibly good. And one of them is probably like is in my top 10 because it's so great. So it's called one. The first one I'll talk about is k it's I've maybe have mentioned it to before, but it is probably the most wholesome and adorable show that I have ever seen animated. It is just about a group of girls trying to be start a band in school and just playing songs and just getting into ridiculous crap together. It is no horny involved, which is hard to get away from sometimes with anime, just silly interactions, learning how to play instruments and having funny moments with each other. So it definitely does sound wholesome. Yeah, it's hard to get, it's hard to get the wholesome sometimes, but without any horny involved. But uh, it is definitely super wholesome. I love it's constantly cracking smiles or just just warming your heart type of moments. Uh, another one is a comedy, Nichijo. And the interesting thing about anime is because it's from a different type of culture. Sometimes the comedy that they try and relay through. Uh, the animation doesn't always hit this show I think does an incredible job of being funny from start to finish Uh, it's basically it kind of plays out like sketch comedy like it's the same characters and they don't play different ones but different situations that happen every day and to these like three school girls is so funny the animation style is very unique and one of a kind I think Uh, and I think I said that was the one of the clips I think I sent you in the group that was uh, where the cop is looking for somebody with counterfeit cash and he comes upon the girls. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then she's like, she notices that she has a tote bag, but she knows that she's got, um, cause she's like an artist for like, 
boy love comics which is like kind of big in japan uh where uh it's like a gay couple um and she doesn't want her friend to know that she draws it or be embarrassed by this cop to grab it so she's just like i don't want you to grab it i'll bribe you or whatever and then so she, she resorts to knocking everybody out in like a five feet radius of her in order to like, <laughs> That's right. yeah I remember. that was pretty funny uh, yeah um, and then the final one in this category is called Himoto, uh, Two-Faced Little Sister, another adorable type of uh, anime. It's this girl that's well-loved and liked at school, like an idol, but as soon as she comes home, she shrinks down to the size of basically a hamster and becomes a terror in the house and like a spoiled, rotten little brat with her, with, her, with her brother. So it's, not, it's like just the perspective. It's not like she actually does it. It's just like it's used to represent her like outward appearance that she's giving right now. So she turns into like a little tiny little hamster gremlin, basically type of character that does (laughs) like just plays video games all night, watches anime, reads manga. That's really funny. Like it's super heartwarming as well. Um, So yeah, those are my main, uh, the biggest ones that I like super enjoyed this year of the list. Unfortunately, we still have some to go. So I'm going to cut, my 2021 ones uh kind of short so that we can uh not keep you here too long but and talk about my my top anime of 2021 so um one that for the romance category it's uh horimiya which is a uh it's it's a romance but this is probably the most beautiful animated romance i've ever seen uh it's a unique animation style that i've never like seen before in other anime and whether romance or uh other types of genres the uh super crisp the storytelling is also very very good uh and they have a bunch of um like a total of different they have like nine different characters i think that have different relationships with each other that does great exploring the idea of it is that there's these two class members um uh what is it called hori and then miyamura uh the miyamura is the guy he uh shows like a stoic like good boy look when he's at school but when he's at home he ends up having a bunch of tattoos and piercings and is kind of not what he displays on the outside or outside and then hori is a uh good girl at school as well but at home she's like foul-mouthed and super uh has to take care of her family and stuff like that so it kind of is like two people showing each other their true sides and end up uh end up falling in love with each other this one that was my top romance i sent i think i sent you guys a list in the group about um like voting for like the country world stuff that was my top romance of the year uh for that category um Another great one from this year, Wonder Egg Priority. Again, another great animation style that I have not. Yeah. So the idea of it is that uh, it take it revolves around girls. There's like four being girls in it, but it's girls that have gone through some sort of trauma, mainly a uh, somebody close in their life that has committed suicide. They get taken to this like magical fantasy world by somebody else and they're given an egg so they have to watch over it the egg ends up being birthed and some another girl pops out and so they have to protect this character from um like evil entities in the world 
uh, until they disappear, basically. So it's super interesting. And like the ending kind of was, was okay, but I thought that the animation style throughout, I thought the different things that it touches on, depression, suicide, things that, and a bunch of things that other girls go through was super cool to see in another aspect for as me as being a male um, and having an all female cast was super cool. They, all the characters were super great. Um, definitely was up there for my anime of the year, but I thought the ending kind of fell short. Another one, this one's a slice of life. It's called Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatora. I'll mention this one because um, I'd like the idea of it, or at least it was interesting in drawing me in. They have uh, the manga, the person that did this manga used to draw a hentai, which is kind of funny. And then so he switched over to the manga side and the manga that I've read is super great. It's very wholesome, but obviously some horny involved with it because that's where his roots come from. But then seeing this animated, it's super great. It's basically about a girl uh, that te te teases her older senpai a lot. And they, the dynamic of that about trying to make him more outgoing or like, um, like more accepting of himself and like the way that Miss Nagatoro kind of like brings this stuff out by being kind of <laughs> teasing to him is super great to see. Um, definitely recommend. Uh, so these next, oh, there's another one, Komi Can't Communicate, another great manga. This one is uh, about, uh, is what it sounds like. It's about a girl that has kind of like social anxiety and does not communicate well with others. And a guy sees this and he's like his main his special ability. It's not really an ability, but he's able to read the room and tell, oh, I can't really, uh, she can't really speak well, so maybe I should help her out. So then through their friendship, he teaches her to be more outgoing uh, and talk to people. This one is got like 350, I think, chapters in manga that I've read and it's super incredible. And then finally getting it to see as an anime, it holds up. They, they oh, nice. really went, okay. went overboard with the animation style to make it super funny because it's kind of hard with the character being complete, the main girl being completely quiet, but she does a, a couple of quirks that makes makes everything funny so it really holds up i definitely recommend it if you're a fan of uh rom-coms and stuff like that um so these next three are all these were my last three that i was thinking in terms of being the anime of the year so i'll kind of go in order um okay. mishoku tensei jobless reincarnation this uh the idea of this, this is another isekai anime this show, it seems from like hearing people talk about it or reviews, it hits people differently. And some people like it, some people don't. They have an issue getting over this fact here that I'll explain. So the idea is a 30-year-old man or over 30-ish uh, dies in a car accident or whatever. But, and he gets reincarnated into another world as a baby, essentially. But he keeps his like mind of a 70-year-old. So um, you can see how that might be problematic in terms of introducing female characters and stuff like that. Oh, God. Being like, yeah. So like, is that like, what is the moral ground of that in terms of you're in the body of a small child, but you have the mind of a seven-year-old? Kind of hard to play on that um, or deal with the, uh, the, the mental part of that. 
But uh, what's really cool about this anime, it kind of focuses on the nobody's perfect aspect and like trying to improve oneself. This guy is obviously used to be a bomb piece of crap. Uh, He obviously has these moments of creepiness with like women in his life. But the story of this is so cool uh, in the fantasy aspect. He basically becomes super enthralled with magic and is one of the only people in the world that can do chantless magic. So he's able to channel magic immediately and stuff like that. Um, And then he becomes the tutor of this the older cousin, I guess, of the family of this girl, Eris, uh, who's a super cool swordsman, but a definitely Sundere character, does not want anything to do with him right away, beats his ass immediately as soon as he sees her and er, sees him, and uh, they end up uh, becoming closer, and he she accepts him as his teacher, finally. The main draw of this, or the main action part of this, is that there's some kind of light or beam that comes into town teleports everybody outside of, of in this town to somewhere else on the continent because he was close to Eris and uh, they teleported together. They ended up joining up with somebody else. They go on this journey together. It's super cool. The animation style is super great. Like I said, probably got knocked off points for me because of the whole 30-year-old in a child's body aspect. Hard to get around, but I mm-hmm. promise you the animation and the story part, well worth it. It's very heartwarming at points. And does a great job of showing character growth of this guy who wants to live his life as a better person because he's been given a second chance. So I love that aspect of it. Always a great uh, message. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my second pick or my second place finisher was Vivi Four Eyed Eyes. Hard to kind of tell what this anime is about just by that name, but the idea is a singing, this takes place in the future, uh, a singing android robot is uh basically visited by a robotic bear teddy bear that tells her ai is going because their world is like completely uh kind of an irobot situation uh, ai is kind of taken over not taken over society but is ingrained in society and they take it for granted he comes to her and he say in a hundred years from now uh ais will have gone rogue and taken over the world i've sent back in time to help stop certain things happening in this time period for to avoid that future so it um the music in this is super cool because almost every uh because she's a singing robot we get some great uh music to it they design specific differently made or originally made intros for every episode not every episode but every couple which i thought was super unique and then the animation style on fights is super good as well i think i gave this one the anime or there was a fight of the year anime column for Crunchyroll, and i gave it to this one i'll probably have to show it to you but um because she's I, and i love the idea it was a matrix moment basically where she's just a singer and she's like i don't have any combat skills and he like dips a little chip inside of her and like basically you know kung fu basically now oh nice yeah, so yeah. so it's a super cool super great animation uh, especially like really hauntingly beautiful uh stills and stuff like that um but i had to give it to for 2021 i watched i watched both of those with jack i don't i think he might agree with me on this for the anime of the year but the anime is called The 86. Now I've anime, heard you guys mention that a couple times. That's your anime of the year. Yes. So okay. 
so and the reason why I'll give some exam or I'll give some reasons, but I have never been a fan of um, mech animes like Gundam or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Big robots smashing each other. Um, I they might have gotten better, but from what I remember uh, from being younger, it probably has. But I just don't get the same feeling of like satisfaction seeing a character fight somebody compared to a big robot that they're inside fighting somebody seeing stills of that character inside the robot for a couple of frames talking and nothing happening that has always never struck me the right way but this anime has changed my thought on that whole process so the 86 is about a world that has basically uh demonizer has made claims that the wars that they are in are no longer, there's no casualties. So they're currently involved in a war with the Legion right now, which is an AI controlled um, army that's trying to like take them over. The reason why they are making this claim that they don't have any, uh, what's it called? Any victims in the war is because they have, they used to have 86 districts to their city. They cut off one completely and decided to legally not make them citizens or even be classed up as humans anymore and have put them inside of mechanical drones to fight this legion off because they don't have, I guess, people to or the technology to fight a mass produced AI army. So, yeah, so um, they basically are. I guess it would be it, they, the robots kind of look like spiders, like they're um, crawling around really quick, have like great mobility. I think the sound design in this anime is you've, I think I've shown you a clip or two of Fire Force. It's on that par of uh, super great, um, interesting clashing of like metal and maneuverability and stuff like that. But really, what sets the show apart, I love, is the emotional aspect of it because these characters, they're hated by the Empire. Or they're because they um, what's it called? They're all drones, but they have been they have to be controlled by not controlled, but they are managed, I guess, by handlers is what they call them. And so this girl, Malise, is in charge of the 86, which is considered like a death group because it it's I'm not gonna give that part away because there's a certain aspect to why it's called that is because mm, something that they the characters that are in the drones go through gets transmitted back to the uh, the handler that they end up breaking mentally and then end up going insane. But the aspects of seeing these characters in the situation where the army hates them, that they've been ostracized by society and that they are putting their lives on for an empire that doesn't even care about them is super cool and very interesting, I think. Um, and it's, like the action's incredible, I think. And then the sound, the scores, there's this one ending song that literally makes me ball every time I hear it. So it's incredible. Definitely, yeah, definitely my take on anime of the year. Nice. Well, hey, I um, got a little list here from all the ones that you mentioned that I will add to my current list. Of ones. to your ever growing. Yeah. I'm excited though, because like Dr. Stone was one that Jack had mentioned multiple times. And when I'd read the description, I was like, Ooh, that sounds really cool. And I've got an attack on Titan here because I already had that, but like all these other ones that I grabbed, I'm, I'm glad to have some new ones. And I love, uh, love that they're all available on Crunchyroll. 
Okay. And then I'm just going to do a quick rundown. Literally, I'm just going to name out names for animes in 2022 that I'm excited to see. Ooh, okay. We've got, so we've got, obviously, uh, My Hero Academia comes out with their season six later this year. We're oh, great yeah. about that. Dr. Stone comes out with their next season. Comey Can't Communicate comes out with the second part of their anime. Uh, Jojo Stone Ocean, which is an anime that I did enjoy this year, but I did not include since I watched it a little bit later this year. It's super great as well um what is it chainsaw man that's the huge that's the big one that everyone's excited about it is from the same people that animate uh jujutsu kaisen and uh attack on titan or now at least so it's it's got a lot of hype behind it the manga that i've read is super incredible it's got some haunting images in it it is a very kind of scary based anime or like horror based so kind of like jujutsu kaisen it might not be super hoary in uh, Jujutsu Kaisen compared to this, but uh, I think that this one's going to, everyone's going to be excited about it. Um, Rising of the Shield Hero 2 comes out. Kaguya-sama, the next one. Um, and then the ones that I'm watching right now that I think are going to be the main one on my list next year, and maybe probably anime of the year for me so far is the Ranking of Kings. I just sent you, I think, in the group the opening of that movie to or the anime today that animation style is i didn't like it at first when i had saw it on like the uh the thumbnails on uh crunchyroll but i was like i might give this a shot this kind of looks interesting and it's been incredible i've been crying like pretty much every episode it's so great oh wow um and then the uh my horny wholesome rom-com pick is probably going to be my dress up darling it's already got a ton of uh buzz behind it it's already flooded tiktok and uh my things that i look at uh in terms of the uh, best girl of the year so it's going to be incredible it's basically about a, a girl that likes to cosplay and then she meets a guy that's like a basically a seamstress or whatever and so she makes costumes for her and it's super very wholesome obviously uh it's got it etchy stuff to it but uh super great so but yeah that's uh, all i have for this year wow well, I got to say, uh, looking at time, we definitely cut cut it a little shorter than normal, but it sounds like you watched quite a bit more this year or last year than in 2020. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, I was definitely because went I up to like a level shows. 10. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of them were I mean, in that COVID, did, episode COVID range. did this to me. I mean, that's I had true. So much time <laughs> COVID has made you this way. This is yeah, exactly. not your fault. Um, well, wow. Thank you so much. Like I said, uh, it is it is a treat when I can have you on uh, to allow you to extrapolate the data on all of these shows, and I just get to sit in the background and enjoy it and jot down all of the ones that I got. So hopefully for those of you out there listening, some of these hit you too, and you've got them jotted down for your watch list uh, for 2022 anime. Uh, Cam, thank you so much. Again, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, next year you're gonna have to fight even harder to get me to get get on the show because each year i'm gonna make it harder uh, i'm gonna scratch to and scratch and crawl my way into that's your right house if i have to yeah i'm gonna be hearing scratching and scratching at the door and i'm gonna have to let you in no no I'll, always a treat when we can have you on any uh any final thoughts on uh let me let me put it to you this way in a, in a sentence or two what what would you call the state of anime in 2021 where are we at right now how are you feeling about everything um overabundant and uh better than ever i think i think we've Love keep it. getting more and more that we want to see developed so i'm uh 
I'm excited for what the future keeps holding. Love it. Love to hear it. Well, thank you so much again for coming on for Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we will see you at the movies. Thank you.